0: Well, good morning again, and welcome to part two in a series that we're calling Our New Kingdom Normal. This is a series where we're challenging one another to to not just hang in there for the next couple weeks or next couple months, but to go to the same scriptures, to access the same spirit that have guided people through everything that the world has thrown at them for thousands and thousands of years. Let's emerge from this new crisis stronger. Let's emerge better equipped to face the challenges of this new normal. Well, we've got a lot to cover this morning, so let's dive right in with a statement that we gave you at the opening of the service. And that statement was fill in this blank. um, I spend more time in or on my blank than anywhere else. Now, it's gonna be fun to go back and to see what you wrote in response to this. I'm gonna guess that at least some of you said, in my house. I think some of you are gonna say, on my couch, perhaps uh, in front of a screen or something like that. Well, let's use a variation on this to be our jumping off point this morning. There's a place to write this in your notes. You spend more time in your body than anywhere else. And while you're writing that down, I want to give a special shout out to Josiah. Josiah was talking to your dad this week. And he told me that you have been taking notes every week. That you guys download the notes, you print them out even on green paper, and then you take notes. It's awesome. So I am so proud of you. And also, by the way, happy birthday. Okay, back to the statement. You might have had a better answer than I did about body, but but I think we can at least all agree that you spend a whole lot of time in your body, right? Okay, so if that's the case, taking care of our bodies then should be near the top of our priority list. There's a place to write this down in your notes too. Josiah, are you ready? Here we go. The way you whatever has a dramatic, impact on your health. Here's what I mean like by that. Take something like food. If you just eat whatever is available, or whatever you're in the mood for, or whatever is cheap, or whatever is fast, if you just eat whatever, what kind of impact does that have on your body? Not a good one. But there's a different set of whatevers, and those whatevers can help you make healthier choices. Those kind of whatevers usually take more time, they usually take more intentionality. But if you follow those whatevers, and you become well-fed, and you become well-hydrated, and you become well-nourished, then you're better equipped for whatever comes your way. Now we're gonna leave extended discussions on nutrition for others, and today what we're gonna do is we're gonna zero in on mental health. And we're gonna talk about two practical things that you can do to experience more peace and more hope and more clarity and less anxiety and less fear and less confusion. A Couple summers ago, we did a series that was designed to help people. Help people who were experiencing anxiety and depression significant levels of stress. And we ended up calling that series, Not Alone. And we called it Not Alone, because the further we got into our research and talking with people and all these things, the more we realized that at least the people I talked to, either everyone was experiencing those things or they knew someone who was. Well, that was two years ago. Two years later, are people experiencing more of these things or less? The chair of our Elder Board recently shared some facts with me about how one in five people who come out of isolation experiences are likely to have long-lasting struggles with depression and anxiety and insomnia and PTSD and irritability and grief and more. Mental health is complex. And what we're going to be talking about today is one piece of a much larger puzzle, but it's an important piece. It's the, it's. we're going to talk today here about being careful about how much media you consume and the messages that you fill your mind with. People are in front of screens a lot like right now, and some of it's work-related and some of it's school-related, school but, but a lot of it isn't. And if you just fill your mind with whatever is on or whatever is trending or whatever is entertaining... That, my friends, is gonna be harmful to your mental health. The text we're gonna look at today is 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're gonna look at verses 14 through 23. Before we open up, here's a little background on that text. In chapter nine, a young man named Saul is introduced. He's just a guy who's out looking for his father's donkeys. But in the chapters that follow, Saul is anointed king, and the spirit of the Lord rushed Upon him. And Saul, when the Spirit came upon him, was filled with clarity and with confidence and with courage that he had never experienced before. But as time went on, Saul departed more and more from the ways of God. And Saul was warned about what would happen if he stayed on that course. But rather than repent and return, Saul stayed on that path that took him farther and farther away from the life that God had for him. And that's where we pick up 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let's start with verse 14 here. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Let's talk about that passage just a little bit, just that verse. It is hard to overstate the change that that this is from just a couple chapters back. In Samuel chapter 10, verse 10, the word says that, as the prophets sang, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon Saul. Remember that phrase, rushed upon Saul. But now, we read in 1614, the Spirit of the Lord had moved out and a harmful, corrupting, subversive spirit had moved in. When that harmful spirit came upon Saul, it filled him with a deep sense of fear. The Hebrew word translated here as tormented literally means terrified. Do any of you, have you felt this? Have you felt recently like the peace of God, the spirit of the Lord has departed from you or from your house and fear and anxiety Have moved in or maybe you can remember a time where you felt particularly close to god and that time feels so far past so long ago like a distant memory well some of saul's advisors had a fix for saul and before we talk about that let's backtrack just a bit because i want to show you something show you something about the verse that comes before this one there are two halves to chapter 16. the first half ends with verse 13. And then the second half picks up where we picked up on verse 14. Way, way back in chapter 10, a prophet said to Saul, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you're going to be changed. That's what he said. You're going to be changed into a different person. And that prophecy came to pass. When the Spirit rushed upon Saul, he became a living, walking temple of the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit gave Saul wisdom. It gave him courage. It gave him guidance. But... As we've already said, more and more Saul began to live and Saul began to make decisions without the Spirit. So, during that first half of chapter 16, what starts to happen is is the Word starts to frame out the story of a young man named David who was ultimately going to take Saul's place as king. Well, here's how the ending of the first half of chapter 16 ends, and here's how the start of the second half of chapter 16 starts, and here's how all that looks back to back. Let's put those, both those verses up on the screen. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And then the verse that we had read earlier, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. The Spirit of the Lord was now rushing upon David, and a very different spirit had entered Saul. It was really interesting to see what the different scholars did with this. This whole thing of where it says that the harmful spirit was from the Lord. It's really interesting to see that. Some scholars went out of their way to clarify, oh, hey, hey, God will never send a spirit like that, but God will allow. And they worked really hard to draw that distinction. Now, for the record, I appreciate what they were trying to do, because sometimes one word is all that separates sound doctrine from heresy. But in this specific case, I think nuance might miss the point. I really like what this commentary on 1 Samuel had to say. As one scholar put it, the world of biblical perspective is a world without secondary cause. Another source that I looked at put it like this, what God permits God is said to do. What both of those statements are trying to say is the buck stops with God. God is sovereign over all. And whether that spirit was sent or whether that spirit was allowed, the result was the same. As the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David, a very different spirit was filling Saul. God had created a world and has created a world where our choices have consequences. Saul's disobedience, that was on Saul. And yet, even in the midst of Saul's failures, God was at work. That harmful spirit that invaded Saul's life because of sinful choices that Saul had made, it was being used by God to bring a young man named David into the king's court. All right, let's go back to our text. We're now gonna look at verses 15 through 16. 15 and 16. Okay, so Saul's servant, servant said to Saul, Behold now, a harmful spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skilled in playing the liar. And when the harmful spirit comes from God is upon you, he will play it and you will be well. You'll be well. If 30 years of ministry, have taught me anything. They have taught me that there is a spiritual dimension to media, especially music. It is absolutely there. It can open us up to the Spirit of God. It can also open us up to very different spirits as well. We're going to come back to that thought in just a few minutes. But right now, let's go back to our text again. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let's look at verses 17 through 18. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with him. See that phrase that we have highlighted there on the screen? The Lord is with him. May that be true of us. Can somebody give me an amen to that? When the world sees us, may they see more than a group who's committed to a code or committed to a system of beliefs or committed to certain practices. May they see that truly God is with us, that there is a holy presence among us that is changing us, that is guiding us, that is leading us and that's providing for us. All right, let's go back to our text one final time, and then we're gonna apply this to our lives, and then we'll seal our time with a song. Let's go verses 19 through 23. Here's how the chapter closes out. Therefore, Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, "'Send me David your son, who is with the sheep.' And Jesse took a donkey laden with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat, and sent them by David, his son to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul said to Jesse saying, or sent to Jesse saying, "Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight." And whenever the harmful spirit from God was upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him Question: When David eventually became king and commander-in-chief, did he put his songwriting days behind him? No. In fact, David was credited not only with establishing temple musicians in 1 Chronicles 6:31, but also writing many of our most beloved psalms, songs that have brought peace and hope to millions. Well, God continues to inspire songwriters today. Some of these songs that we've we've added over the last year, year and a half, songs like The Goodness of God, that that one that uh, Jason and the band introduced a while back, uh, that song that, that we did on Easter, King of Kings, there are so many great new songs too. As a church, we're committed to doing the best we can to seek out and find the best of the old and the new. Over the course of a series like this, we're going to join in some songs that were released not long ago. We're also going to sing songs that have been around for hundreds of years. Content matters. It matters. And when we're together like this, when we come together um, in these these meetings, these, these gathering times, these worship services, We're gonna be really serious about content. We want content that welcomes the Holy Spirit and makes these other spirits very, very uncomfortable. But we're not always together. And if you wanna experience more of the Holy Spirit in your life, if you wanna experience fewer anxious and terrifying thoughts, here's one step in the right direction. And again, I know these things we're talking about are very complex. But this is one piece of the puzzle, all right? And there's a place to write this in your notes. One of the keys to mental health is to curate your content. We did a series called Screen Time back in the fall of 2017, and it was an eye-opener for a whole lot of folks. In that series, we presented quotes like this, like this quote. My kids haven't used the new Apple iPad. We limit how much technology our kids use at home. Or this quote, I spent my career in technology. I wasn't prepared for its effect on my kids. These quotes aren't coming from fundamentalists who are trying to protect their kids from the dangers of dark doctor visits or the corrupting influence of Mickey Mouse. This is Steve Jobs. This is Melinda Gates. And they're saying that they who contributed to the creation of these products. They're saying that they have major concerns about the impact that these devices, when they're not properly used or administered at the wrong age, they're concerned about the impact that can have on lives. If you want to care for your mind, we've got to be attentive to the amount of media that we're consuming and the content itself. And again, this is so important right now when, when, when it seems like that's almost all you have that you can do, right? Well, let's start with the amount. Here's a question that I really want you to wrestle with and talk about and think about. The question is this, what are your stop cues? What are your stop cues? Eating too much, it's bad for you. Everyone knows this. Even if you're eating something that's good for you, too much of even a good thing is bad. The same is true when it comes to media. If you want your mind to be healthy, you've gotta create space to think your own thoughts and to process what you've seen or what you've listened to. It's important to give your eyes a break from pixels. It is important to give your ears a break from artificial sounds. And a stop cue is simply that. It's a cue to stop. Media cues, they used to be built into our lives, right? If you had a newspaper, what was the stop cue? The newspaper is done, and you have to wait till the next edition. If you're reading a book, what did the stop cue used to be? The book was done, and you'd have to go to the library or some other place to get another one. When you finished a TV show back in the day, your favorite episode of, of, a, of a favorite TV series, what was a stop cue? You had to wait till next week. If it was a movie, a great movie came out, what was a stop cue? Stop cue was the movie's done and you had to wait sometimes two years for the sequel. Well today, today's media is designed to just keep you scrolling and to get you binging. And the research is so clear on this. Too much consumption is linked to depression and anxiety and addiction and reduced attention spans and sleep issues and so much more. Even if the content is good or neutral. All right, well, how much is too much? Here's a starting point. The American Association of Pediatrics recommends keeping screen-free zones in the house, especially in a young person's bedroom, as well as screen-free times, like during meals. They also recommend just one to two hours of entertainment screen time per day and zero screen time for all children under two years old. Again, what's happening right now? when we're we're forced to spend so much time at home, we're consuming even more than usual. And if you want to compound those anxieties, those fears, all that kind of stuff, this will contribute to that. An important question to ask yourself today and to talk about with others are, where are our stop cues going to be? When will you turn devices off? Maybe in the car or when you're in a conversation, when you're doing work or homework? Except you have to have, yeah, you know what I mean. When you're outside, or you're sitting down to a meal certain times each night, maybe certain nights of the week, or maybe even taking a Sabbath, a whole day free of screens. If we want to emerge from this season stronger, that first question about the amount is a very important one. And so is this next question. The next question about content the content itself. Here's question number two. Is the Spirit of Christ welcome at your watch parties? Our Creator, the Almighty, the One who can raise up or remove kings, the One who can speak and make it so, He will give His Spirit to those who will welcome His Spirit into our lives. Well, if you're taking notes, write this down. Write down Galatians 5, 16 through 26. And then when we're all done, look at the contrast between the life without the Spirit and the life with the Spirit. The way the Spirit can change you and bring about good changes. If you're experiencing a lot of impure thoughts and strife and jealousy and anger and division and a temptation to escape through substance abuse, or other unhealthy ways, if you're facing some of those things, feeling some of those things, the Holy Spirit can bring love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Brother Rick, how many of those did you get? Probably all of them, I'm going to guess. And the Holy Spirit can do that along with bringing supernatural guidance and giftedness and strength. The very things we need in times like this. So here's the rubber meets the road question. Is the Spirit of Christ welcome at your watch parties? Is the Spirit of Christ welcome to the playlists that are playing in your house? The Holy Spirit is sometimes referred to as the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit of Christ, oh, the Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of Christ welcome in times like these. Or I should say, all right, let me try this again. The Holy Spirit, is sometimes referred to as the Spirit of Christ. And the Spirit of Christ is, of course, welcome in times like these that we're experiencing right now. Times we gather online to sing songs like we're singing today, to open up God's Word, to encourage one another, to pray with one another, to receive those great blessings that Pastor Caitlin prays over us each week. The obvious thing is the Spirit is welcome at times like these, right? But what I want you to remember, too, is the Spirit is welcome at other times, too, at other watch parties and other playlists. I believe that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, is welcome when we're watching and when we're listening to honest content that speaks the truth in love and inspires us to act in good ways or just ways. I believe the Spirit of Christ is welcome when we're watching or listening to uplifting content that just brings joy and brings laughter. And the Holy Spirit is welcome when there's well-crafted stories that take us on a journey filled with twists and turns. And the Holy Spirit is welcome when there is beautiful art that is worthy of praise and appreciation. I believe that Christ would look at a whole lot of artists and he would look them in the eye, and including many artists who aren't creating their craft from a distinctly Christian perspective. And he would say, well done, well done. Way to create something beautiful. Way to help people escape for a little while. Way to tell the truth. I bet there's a whole lot of content that some of us wouldn't necessarily think, oh, this is God-honoring content. That is very God-honoring. It's helping people. It's relieving people. But I believe there's a whole lot of content that the Holy Spirit won't watch with us. Content that objectifies people. Content that stirs up greed or jealousy within us. Content that mocks or trivializes the name of God or his good and life-giving ways, content that dismisses or demeans others, content that's crude or vulgar, content that that spreads lies, content that desensitizes us to violence, content that promotes behaviors and agendas that the Bible puts boundaries around. I was struck a few weeks ago by something that I saw. There's an online um, magazine, The Atlantic, that has a lot of good articles from time to time that I appreciate, and it's a news agency that doesn't promote the Christian faith. And yet, here is this news agency calling our nation out for viewing content that a lot of professing Christians are tuning into. The article is called, quote, the most watched show in America is a moral failure. And the article compares viewing content like that, their words not mine, quote, it's like licking a subway pole. Brothers and sisters, why is the Atlantic calling us to a higher standard than we're holding ourselves to? All right, I'm gonna share an image that came to my head as I was preparing this teaching and parents especially I'd like you to visualize this and to lock this one in. I can't shake it. When I craft a message, some of the content just comes from life experience for doing this 30 years. Some of the content comes from doing research, digging into the scriptures, looking at at what people have written about on the topic. And there's a third way that this content comes to be here. And that is when I pray, sometimes there's these thoughts, these images that come into my head. This is from that category. And here's the picture. Imagine you're sitting on the couch or one of your loved ones is sitting on the couch and you got the remote in your hand and you're you're, you're surfing through the channels and you come to something where you know that content, it's not good. It's not something that we should be watching. Picture this. Picture the Holy Spirit looking over to you, just kind of shaking his head and just walking away. But now picture this, what happened with Saul? Picture that harmful spirit coming in, making itself cozy on the couch, sharing that bowl of popcorn, watching it with you, watching it with your loved one. And what do you think that spirit's gonna whisper in your ear, in the ear of your loved one, when that shows over. It's going to have some recommendations, isn't it, for what to watch next? As we bring today's teaching to a close, let me leave you with this thought. And this thought is not my own. This is right from the scripture. This is where the Bible goes next. What comes after 1 Samuel chapter 16? 1 Samuel chapter 17. What's In 1 Samuel chapter 17, a giant shows up. Kids, do you know what the name of that giant is that showed up? The name is Goliath, right? Goliath. Here's the thought. Do you want to face the giants that you're facing with a faith like Saul or with a faith like David? Well, I've got a very specific prayer this week, uh, and and I'll pray it here in just a minute. I I normally don't write out my prayers. This one I felt like I was supposed to write down. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to close with a very specific song that we chose for today. Let's pray. Father, may this song of David welcome the presence of your Holy Spirit into our lives, and may it drive out all others. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew right spirits within. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people said, Amen.